Huntsville. There you go. Live from Huntsville, Alabama, it's the Inglorious Pastors. Pastors. Yeah, well, I I was kind of that MMA. It stuff, was too much. The mixed martial arts, WWA, MMA, all the wrestling kind of thing. WWE, the guy, the guy with the microphone that comes down from the ceiling, which is just cool. I mean, because I've always wondered if he held on to that thing, would it suck him back up with it? <laughs> he said too much! <laughs> We are glad to be with you today and glad that you're tuning in because we have got some really important things to talk about today. In our brand new season, season, season six, six. And tell us, Bruce, why we went from season five to season six. Because it's Wednesday and there's nothing good on TV on <laughs> Wednesday. Wednesday is the day that we change the season on the podcast. Yes. Of course, we always do the podcast on Wednesday, which I need to say, Roger, it lost us a guest this week. I asked a leading expert on spiritual abuse in the church to join us for the podcast today, and she said, and I quote, well, it would have to be on the weekends because I'm busy on Wednesday mornings. You know, these guests that want to come in and set their own terms... As if it's their show. Right. Their podcast. It's their podcast. No way. Come I'm on. Like, well, hey, just letting you know, I mean, I'm not going to mention any names, Marie Griffith, but we don't do weekends, okay? And I liked her. You know, yeah. I, That's I, just disappointing. I do, too. This, but I was saying, we do the podcast on Wednesday mornings. Yes. Except for when we don't. Right. Now, so it, last Wednesday... We did not do a podcast because I was at 8,779 feet at Deer Lake on Wednesday. So, no podcast And then. next Wednesday, we probably will not be doing a podcast because I will be a thousand miles north of here in Connecticut visiting our kids. Unless we did it remotely. I'm game for trying that. That is sound fun. Although, I'll be, I've got a 9.45 tea time. <laughs> <laughs> in Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Next week, I'm very excited about this, is a golf vacation for Bruce with two of my best friends, Bobby Gordon and Roy Hayes. We go together every year for what we call the Convergence, the Leadership Convergence. We play golf. We talk about important things. and You mostly play golf. We mostly play golf <laughs> and talk. Hey, what's the best score you've... Your best ever score on a golf course... 75. 75. Three I over, so three hate over you. par. Uh, and that was at the Huntsville Municipal Course, which no longer exists because they're turning it into a greenway. A green way. And it's very green. But I'm like, if you can We've afford to make it. it a greenway, why can't you afford to make it a green? Right. <laughs> you still got to keep it up. I mean, it was one of my favorite courses. No, I liked that little course. In fact, I'll every now and then, Joy and I will walk out there and I'll just be walking, you will know, you? The, the road hole. You know, oh, you, you know where, exactly what the whole spread yeah, like. Right. Took some car windshields out with some errant drives, but and Roger is ready and willing to pay for those windshields. Seventy-five. If you'll, just, if you'll wow. just call in, hey, well, I'm what's your best round? Out? I think it's a ninety-seven. Really, <laughs> Bruce? Bruce holding back laughter. No, no ninety-seven. Straight face. Ninety-seven is less than a hundred. 
It is less. Do you, you realize how many people can't break a hundred? Right. No judgment, by the way. <laughs> but ninety-seven might have been on Concord. <laughs> oh, Concord. Concord was a glorified a, a, pitch and putt. A twelve and a twelve-hole layout that didn't have any holes longer than one hundred and sixteen yards. I think it was a par sixty-seven. Do you remember your only hole in one? Oh, on I, the... <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> We're talking about the, yes. The par three. Uh, like 57 yard. <laughs> 57 yard par three. And the dribbler that I had that that literally bounced 85 times before rolling. Plunking into the hole. In the hole. No, I mean, it's still a hole in one. I mean, the, the reality is whether it's a putt-putt golf course where you're trying to miss the windmill. or Oh, I've had a lot of those. Or a 57 yard dribbler oh i've beat the windmill to knock it in the hole in one and the dinosaur and the scooping monkey i've done yes the scooping monkey my favorite was the logger that would hold the thing and just go up and down with it logger this was in chattanooga you remember him and you tried to time it and i never timed it right and he would drop the thing and boom the thing would just ricochet off it and you were very upset very upset you remember that day that we played like 54 holes at one of the putt putt places in the summer it was during the summer we were out of school, and we had like a whole day, and it was like $2 per I don't play. remember. And so we played 54 holes, and it was the putt-putt course, not the Goonie Golf course. Putt-putt. I remember, didn't we play 54 on a real course? That real yes, hilly? We've done, a, we've done 54 on a real course before. That We did that. That I remember. That was my I've best days ever. I've only done it twice ever. in my life. I've done it with you at Tim's Ford, and I've done it with Wayne Griffin at Brainerd uh, Golf and Country Club. That was a great because I remember at the end of that I think we did steak we grilled steak yep. and corn on the cob yep. it was awesome that was a great day, that was a great day. and you're, we were looking at a house right now it's on like ten acres up up in Fayetteville which is just just yep. just uh, west of Tim's Ford and I was thinking oh Roger and Zach and I could go out there and play a little golf at Tim's Ford oh, it's yeah. beautiful it's part of the Jack Nicholas uh, Bear Trace beautiful golf course lots of fun but I remember that day I think we were on a riding break. And when I say riding break, I mean on a break from riding. <laughs> Where we mostly played golf. <laughs> but that's how I get my mind stirred for riding. You, I feel like playing golf right now. Maybe we should just sign out. Okay. So, <laughs> pastures. No, Ow. we're not going to do it. I've got, I've got so many things on my brain. No, I've got to go to Connecticut. We're leaving today. And, and Joy would not be happy if I suddenly decided to play golf. <laughs> Yeah, that would be. I actually wanted to Not call you good. to play golf on Monday morning after watching the 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 U.S. Open on Sunday because I just love it and I would dying to play golf. Right. But I had to go to Nashville to pick up my carry on that I left on a bus on my way to the Sierras. That fortunately someone turned in lost and found, so that was good. I got all my stuff back too late for the trip right. and then i looped back through chattanooga so i could visit mom and dad mom being in the hospital yes with her arm all swollen up and nasty apparently yeah. did you know that if you do a somersault from your front porch over a rose bush and cut your hand on the rose bush don't assume that there's not a rose fungus in your arm because that's what mom got, and it blew up and turned into an abscess and just started having streaks on her arm. And fortunately, her, her, her sister, her 89-year-old sister, ran her over to the hospital. I mean, ran her over. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Also, Took her to the hospital by vehicle. 
Don't assume it's normal for an 82-year-old to be somersaulting at all. <laughs> I had some fun with a nurse yesterday. I said, hey, nurse, can you just help my mom give up the dream of Olympic gold in the, in the Olympics for gymnasts? She's just somersaulting at her age is not a good idea. Although dad said she stuck the landing. I will tell you this. <laughs> Talking yesterday to our brother David. You talked to David. <laughs> talked to David. I love talking. We were talking to about David. mom's condition, and he said, "He said, you know, just to be honest, you know, <laughs> when she would stop by my house about a week ago, she asked me, you know, can you feel that bump? Do you think that's anything there?" And he said, to be honest, I told her, I don't think I don't feel anything, mom. I don't think it's anything. <laughs> wow, David. <laughs> and I said, Dave, Dave, Dave. The the only. <laughs> and now your mother is in the hospital languishing this close to amputation okay we, this close we concluded our conversation with my advice dave the only appropriate thing to say is i'm not a doctor yeah that's, i'm no doctor i'm no doctor i'm no doctor i said well, repeat after me i'm no doctor and to be fair to david i would have been even worse i said mom stop worrying about it rub some dirt on it move on you're fine I, so, I mean, <laughs> David was uh, probably far more caring and actually looked at the wound. I, right. I would have just said something offhand without even looking at it. Mom, you're fine. Okay, quit it. Does this hurt? <laughs> <laughs> Step back, Janet. We're going to have to try something a bit more stringent. Ah, that scared me a little. <laughs> that's pretty uh, rotten scoundrels. So, today, got a really important topic to talk about. I'm... I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm, well, I don't have don't, any, don't yeah. be too excited because it's a very sobering topic. I don't, oh, I don't know how we move from laughter to sobering topic. So for the last uh, <laughs> three days, I've been reading and pondering uh, what I realize now is a very consistent teaching of Jesus about the kingdom. So Jesus is, you know, in the parable of the sower, he talks about the, the sower is the son of man who's sowing <laughs> the seed and he describes the seed as the message of the kingdom. The okay. message about the kingdom. So some people get it, some people don't. Like the person on the path, he said, that's the person that hears the message of the kingdom but doesn't get it and they just forget about it. Another person hears the message of the kingdom, receives it with joy, but when trouble comes or persecution because of the message about the kingdom, because of the kingdom, they quickly fall away. And then he said others receive it with joy. This is in the thorns. He said, but, but, choked out. but it gets choked out because of the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth. He said, but then others... Uh, good and noble heart by persevering, and of course I've always thought by persevering through trouble, <laughs> through persecution, through prosperity. Prosperity can uh, be more damaging, far yeah. more damaging than persecution. Yeah, they bear bear fruit. So I realize there's all sorts of these people that are in the kingdom. Stay with me. Don't don't argue with me yet. But are not of the kingdom. So next parable, he said, "What house can I describe it?" He said, "It's like a a person who takes the smallest seed." And of course Jesus talked about him being a seed that had to die to bear more seeds. He said, "But." He said, this seed is the smallest seed in the garden, mustard seed, but when it's planted, when it dies, it, it becomes the largest tree in the garden and the birds of the air perch in its, yeah. in its branches. In other words, you have things in the tree, birds, that are not actually of the tree. Then he tells this, this is back to back to back to back. He's giving okay. a very clear thing. Now, now he does tell the parable of the, the leaven that works its way through the, the dough. Uh, I may come back to that because typically leaven or yeast in their culture was, was in reference to sin. It's almost like you could sin is working its way all the way through okay. the kingdom at yeah. the same time that the kingdom is growing. Yeah. But then he talks about the weeds and the wheat. He said, the son of man sows good seed. These are the sons of the kingdom. Uh, but you have an enemy that sows these other weeds, people that are not of the kingdom. But they're in the same field. And, and so the, 
the laborers are like, should we go pull all the weeds? He goes, nope, nope, wait until harvest. I don't want you to uproot. I don't want you to try to figure out which weed and which is weed. I don't want you to uproot the good stuff while you're trying to weed out the bad. He said, but at the end of the age, he said, I will send my angels into my fields, into the world, and they will root out everything that causes evil, uh, no, everything that causes sin, and anyone who does evil. That's not enough. He goes on from there and tells another story. And this one is, he said, let me tell you, what, what, what is the kingdom like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a fisherman who goes out, he said, and it's like he, he casts a huge net. And he said, the net brings in all kinds of fish. There's all sorts of fish in the kingdom. He said, but then at the end of the day, the laborers come and they separate the good fish from the bad fish. The bad fish are thrown out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I got to thinking, that's not one story. That's six stories about the kingdom. And I was struck with the reality that there are many people that are in the kingdom right now. They are Christians. They believe certain things about Jesus. But they're not of the kingdom. And I realized, because when we were growing up, we were taught to be very concerned for the lost, by the lost unbelievers. Mm -hmm. And I realized the older I'm getting, I'm more concerned for Christians who believe that they're part of the kingdom, yeah, but are but are not of the kingdom. I, I think about for years, centuries, things that have been done in the name of God that were not of God, yeah. and it's sobering to me. And it makes me think: all right, it is part of my role in this time frame to speak a word into Christian culture about what Je- the stories over and over and over again, the stories that Jesus told about the kingdom. And of course, of course, then he would tell these other sobering stories about some people saying, "Hey, Lord, we we knew you. You taught right. in the streets. We ate. We fellowshiped with right. you." And he, he said, "But I never knew you." And so, the reason I got stuck on this last week, I had two people on my trip that were not Christians. Uh, you know, one was a Hindu lady from India, another was a non-religious person from Russia. Mm-hmm. Sweet, sweet ladies, just just loved them, mm-hmm. and they loved the spiritual direction times. We would do it morning and evening, yeah, and they yeah. really, and they had never heard of agape love. They had never heard of this unconditional love of God. And I just talked about how when we receive the love of God, we're then able to extend that, express that to other people. And So we had like five devotionals over that, six devotionals over that trip. And I just, I know that God profoundly impacted them in in that time. But I realized when I was sharing to them, because I I, I figured they were probably not people of Mm -hmm. faith or the same faith that I am. And so I started off first day by saying, hey, I'm very respectful to wherever people are spiritually. I said, I, I can't describe myself as a Christian any longer because Christian stands for so many things that I don't stand for. I said, but I am a follower of Christ. And so all this mm-hmm. weekend, I'm going to be teaching you the way of Christ. And, you know, they were, they were fine with that. They appreciated the, mm-hmm. that I was respectful about that. But I realized it struck me. I just said out loud to a group of people, I can no longer call myself a Christian. Mm. Because it's attached to too many things that I believe that are not of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's where all of this came together. Because, And even back in 2007, John Tanner and I did a message series out of the book Unchristian. There were so many things that were attached to Christianity that I believe, and that Gabe Lyons and Dave Kinnaman argued were not, that were actually unchristian. Right. They were actually anti-Christ. So, right. so Christians were seen as anti-gay. Well, let's just say now I would say Christians are seen as anti-gay. Uh, anti-immigration or anti-illegal, you know, immigration, uh, for guns, and Republican. It's just I realize I can't attach, I can't use that word to describe myself anymore, and it makes me sad. 
but I'm very comfortable with the term follower of Christ. And I've, I've noticed, this is interesting, more and more when you listen to Andy Stanley, because I listen to North Point most, most Sundays yeah. now, um, he uses the word Christ follower over and over again. Yeah. Do you do you find yourself struggling sometime with the the Christian moniker? Well, if, and what's important even to note there, sometimes we can get hung up on terms. We yeah. and and part of the problem with labels or terms um, is that they can get things attached to them. That they can lose a sense. We even have a thing where a word means a thing, but then it it shifts in meaning. So what what I most want someone to know about me, yes, is I follow Jesus. Is that I that's right. And the reality is, Jesus wasn't concerned about what label. You know, I think I think because he didn't he didn't label his followers Christians. That was that came later. Somebody did, and that was even he labeled them disciples and apostles. No, I think even that might have been Antioch? the unbelievable. Yeah, we're first called Christians, which I've heard one person describe as not necessarily even a a good thing. Right, that a Christers, a Christers, a, right? Uh, Christ, oh, that was one of those Christ people. Yeah, Christ, one of those Jesus, Jesus people. freaks. Yeah, yeah Jesus okay. freak. So, good, and that's a good point. Even there, so we have a we have this Christian could have been used in a derogatory. Right, we have sense. this English term Christian. I'm not attached to the term Christian. That that has that been a a help. Labels and words help in communication. It's good to have them, but they can lose their meaning, and, and they can become very inadequate. Yes, so, or or misleading, or misleading. And so, am I concerned? It's the whole thing. We sometimes we get too tied up with words. We get too t- you know, and so now we're going to try and protect a term. Rather than a reality, the reality is, I'm not calling people to be a Christian. No, I'm calling people <laughs> yes. into the way of Jesus. Uh, whether they whether yes. they whether they like that term or not, whether they're comfortable with that term, even because others may be uncomfortable with all that's gotten all the baggage that's been loaded on the back of that term. Mm-hmm. There may be a number of people. And it's not that they're ashamed of Jesus. That and that was the point I was making. I'm not at all ashamed of Jesus. Oh gosh, I was right. happy to talk to these ladies about Jesus the whole week. Right. But I couldn't attach Christian to that because, particularly coming out of San Francisco, I think there is a sense about Christian might even have a stronger sense of, well, antichrist. Right. These are these are these are actually things that people are embracing. They're against that are actually against the way of Christ. And it's right. interesting. I remember growing up. When we were kids, everyone was trying to figure out who the Antichrist was, the specific person. Mm-hmm. Like Henry Kissinger, that yep. was one. He was a candidate. He was yep. a candidate, and they would do num- numerology things that would point to him as 666. But one of the apostles, one of the ap- apostolic writers said, the spirit of Antichrist is already in play. Right. And I realized, so anything that is against the way of Christ is, by definition, Antichrist. So when I read those things about Jesus, first it makes me look in my own heart <clears throat> right, and go, Am I causing am I causing sin anywhere? Am I, am I leading someone to stumble anywhere? Number two, where am I doing evil? I mean, yeah. like rebelling against right. what I know to be the way of God, and it's very sobering. And I realize these are questions we need to be asking ourselves. I'm not the judge of the living and the dead. It's not for me to try to figure out who's in or out. That's like the laborer that wants to go. I'm going to weed out all the weeds. He's like, no, no. While you're doing yeah. that, you're going to get some of the good guys because you think they're the bad guys. 
but they're actually the good guys. She's, my people will take care of that. But the yeah, that, yeah my, my guys will take care <laughs> of that. Right. You don't. <laughs> hey, Bruce, get your hands off the weeds, okay? Yeah, you don't need to be sorting anything. That's wheat. Right? <laughs> Step back. And it's sobering because we're not in a position to make a call. Nope. And, and here's the reality, because Jesus did lean into this time and time again. Time, yeah. Looks, appearances can be deceiving. But I do, I am responsible to issue a warning. Yes. Because Jesus did over and over, and he said, be very careful how you listen, what you hear. He said, because you are responsible for what you know. And one of the biblical doesn't... uh, um, I'm sure I'll know the passage. Yeah, well, you probably, exactly, (laughs) because you're uh, so well read. But the idea that we're supposed to judge to see if we're in the faith. Yeah, He, he says that. Right. Judge for yourself. Right. To, 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 right. Not the call not, not to judge be, everybody else. Nope. But even built into that should be the sobering reminder that he, that he would be saying to anybody who's certain they're in the faith, that's certain they're a Christian, that's certain they're in the kingdom. Yeah. If I read the as I read the words of Jesus, not simply the stories you said, but even the one time Jesus says. Oh, you, you realize he's saying to religious leaders, he's yep. saying the tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the, the kingdom, kingdom ahead, ahead of, of you. you. In other words, you aren't. He, he said, you're, you yourself haven't entered. Right. And you're making it almost impossible for others to enter. What are the places where we're making it, making it almost impossible for a person without faith to not enter? In other words, is our dogma, is our unkindness is our sometimes angry accusation. Arrogance, arrogance, unteachableness. uh, Unwillingness to listen. Harshness. These are the things that are anti-Christ. They are anti-the way of Jesus. And the subtlety is that they do creep in. They do to where you can't just look on the outside and just automatically. We loved, even growing up, we loved to, and it's understandable, we love to identify maturity by visible markers. How you dressed, the words that you used, the music you listened to, whatever. But you see all of these things. The bumper sticker on your car. Right, how you voted. But, but, But the markers... That God, the separating he's used. So you have a this big catch of fish. On the outside, they all look like fish, right? But some no. are good and some are bad. Right. And that has to do with what's on the inside. Inside. Jesus said, this is what's in Isn't the that heart. A, yeah. So if your so heart. Yeah, weed and wheat look similar. They're both plants. Right. They're both growing. Right. So you can't simply go into a Baptist church or a Catholic church or a Lutheran church and say, oh, everyone who's in here. Even when you think about any more than you could go to a bar or a nightclub or and say everybody in here, right? In this, in the same way, you couldn't go to this twelve disciples of Jesus and say, "Oh, they're certainly all in." As it turns out, one was not. Right. In other words, it's the idea. I was thinking when you were Isn't saying that sobering, yeah, that when you were t- talking earlier on, the phrase that came to my mind was possible to be in the kingdom, but the kingdom's not in you. In other words, because Jesus said the kingdom of God is within. Is within, right? So, and and you're so you're forcefully entering the kingdom, right? But it's not in you. The spirit of God is oh. not 
in you. But on the outside, anyone looking would say, you're in the kingdom. And here's the thing I think we tend to do. We look at, we're in that kingdom group, and we don't ask the question that Jesus and the apostles kept at, <laughs> judge for yourself, discern. Not everyone, right. not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, has, has the terminology. The not everyone who's <laughs> has the kingdom in them. Right. No, that's a great way of that's a great way of putting it. It made it made me think about because I'm thinking a lot about religious freedom because I'm doing a talk on that. Yes. And any time that we have somehow institutionalized Christianity in a culture, it has not been good for the mm. Christian faith. Yeah. What was the Constantine? Uh, yep. Way back when. All right, we're going to make this like the the, the, the official the, the, the right. official state religion it, from the most well intended. He had had an experience. Yeah. Right. And. Oh, now the thing to do is to nationalize this. Now to make this the not realizing all the dangers attached to that. And yeah, it's it's a problem. Right. It's it's a problem. So Jesus just said, I want you to go into all the nations and preach the gospel to every creature. In other words, that was it's the most inclusive statement in scripture. Go into all the nations, every creature, every person. In other words, Jesus is trying to make sure they understand it's not no no nation or people group is excluded. Period. And he yeah. modeled it because the people that were following him, which is one thing you love about the chosen, the way they depict that, it was all wrong. Bunch of Galileans and fishermen and women and tax collectors and sinners and no, Zealot, sometimes right. notorious sinners. Yeah. Zealots. Yeah. You know, Simon the Zealot. And it's interesting, I think, if I remember correctly, this is just hilarious. <laughs> when he sent out the 72, Matthew and Simon, he sent out together. Which is just, that's just a scream. That's so Jesus. I mean, the, the zealot who wants to violently overthrow Rome, the, the tax collector said, I'm going to make all the money I can off Rome. <laughs> Let's put them together and send them out to share the message of the kingdom, which supersedes their little <laughs> microcosmic kingdoms that they've managed to carve out, you know, in society. And isn't what, at some level, I'm realizing you're saying that, this is a gift that's helping to break down the stereotypes about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Again, because we automatically assume certain kind of people are not in there. A certain kind of people read not us. Right. <laughs> I mean, other it's other people, those people. We have these... Isn't part of what Jesus is getting at? He's trying to create a huge level of discomfort in your confidence to readily identify she's in, he's out, isn't he saying, isn't that, stop that? Isn't that the That's not helpful. of the story? He said, now you, who say to your brother, you got a little, you got a little sty in your eye there. You got a little speck. <laughs> Let me help you get that sucker out. And Jesus is like, when you have no idea, you have a two by four, a beam literally right. in your own eye. He said, first, get the beam out. <laughs> He said between, he had to maybe smirk a little there. Well, you gotta get admit, the beam out. Jesus was funny. Because think about a beam, you might not even be able to lift it on your own. In other words, something you can't even get out on your own. Jesus is going to have to help us with the beam because we can't get it out of our own eye. We just, we can't even, we don't even know it's there. But but how many times, have, hey, you've got, a, you've got a real problem. Right. Let me, let me help you with that. And they're like. Seriously, you right. you feel like you're the one qualified to tell me that I've got a. You problem. don't see that big beam in your eye. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I mean, I don't mean to be rude here, but I don't know how you see anything. But you just hit me over the head twice as you were trying to 
gets a little to my splinter, splinter out of my eye. Thanks, but no thanks. That'd be a hard no thanks on that. But I wonder if that's the way the world sees us. We're picking at them for what we believe lifestyle or behavior issues that are a real problem. And they're like, yeah, but you guys are hateful and judgmental. And that seems like a beam. And I don't think we're ready, and this is a problem, to hear critiques from people that we perceive to be outside the kingdom. Or may actually be outside the kingdom. Oh, no, Roger. And here's, here's the thing. I thought about doing a little blog post right now when culture is right before the church is. Yeah. In other words, there's times where the culture gets ahead of the church on the right on doing the right thing. And I thought, isn't that interesting? There's, I won't go into it right now. It's a whole different podcast. But I'm looking at some things culture, and I'm like, isn't that interesting? Culture is ahead of the church on this one. What I believe to be the heart of God about an issue. Right. And culture's on it first. The reality is, again, assuming it's, it gets back to this thing of where I subtly find I'm the person who's helping others. I'm the person who's correcting others. I'm the person who's seeing the splinters in others. But I'm not... This is what I would, I would say. I don't think, as a Christian community, we've been great about judging ourselves. I think we're... V- <coughs> We're specialists in judging others. We're specialists in examining the theology, the language that's being used, um, the... Parsing the Greek verb. Yes, so we're very good. But just how... um, But we're not good at judging ourselves. We're not... Yet there's repeatedly... Again, we've talked about it, but the words of Jesus, judgment begins with the house of God, which means... Christians should start their judgment. If you're discerning, isn't part of the point, stop trying to discern who's in the kingdom and who... Look at yourself and discern whether you are. Discern whether the way you're living right now, this thing is anti-Christ or pro-Christ. And and, uh, Jesus, again, in his humorous way, I just... just, uh, He got a twinkle in his eye. He said, you guys strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. It's back to the beam and the splinter thing. That's great. He said, he said you, guys are, you guys want to make sure that nothing unclean <laughs> enters your body. So literally before they oh, would have their tea, they would put a strainer to make sure, oh, there's a, there's a small gnat that's landed in my tea. I don't want that unclean thing in me making me unclean. So we strain that puppy out and then bring on the camel. <laughs> I'm going to drink the camel. <laughs> it's it's re- Jesus had a lot of fun with camels, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Camels going through an eye, eye of a needle, needle. Camels being swallowed by people. It's uh, And by the way, was a camel a clean or unclean animal? Cloven hoof? Clean? I can't even remember. Oh, gosh. I, no, I, I, don't, I don't know. Either way, it's really big and you can't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a little bit... It's as ridiculous as a beam being in someone's eye... Yeah. But it's making a very strong point. How hard it is for the rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. How it's, tuned in we can be. It's like a camel going through the eye of a needle. With little things in other people. Yeah, that's the point. And, and, and miss the big picture. And missed what Jesus is almost saying, obvious things. Obvious things that you're missing. So here's the thing. Uh, that I'm wrestling with and learning and growing yeah. and, and even teaching on more and more. My job, okay, that's the way I, I term it. My job is to love 
without condition. To love as Jesus has loved me. That means I don't always agree with someone, but I am to love them. I may not agree with their political position, but I am to love them. I may not agree with their behaviors or actions, but I'm to love them. I may not agree with their words, but I'm to love them. Jesus says, I want you to be like your heavenly Father who is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. And I know I've shared that before, yeah. but it, it keeps ringing in my ear. I feel, you can't say it enough. I almost feel like there's, we feel like we have permission to be unkind to certain people. Right. And yet Jesus says, no. We should be known for loving kindness. And I hope what most impacted, like the girls on this, this trip, was they experienced loving kindness. Mm-hmm. They experienced grace. They experienced uh, full 100% acceptance. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, in fact, when you hear the, the Russian girl's story, where she grew up, you couldn't, you couldn't go to church. Religion was like outlawed. <clears throat> Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So she had zero foundation even for, and so, you know, one day, you know, it was like, I think on the third day, I said, all right, we're going to do spiritual direction in two minutes. She's like, yay! I love the spiritual direction. And I realized good, yeah. she doesn't, she, that's not something she receives. Yeah. It's not something she grew up with. It's not a foundation that was laid in, in her life. And I realize the old Bruce would be quick to judge people as believer or, unbelie- mm-hmm. or unbeliever and have this sort of weird dichotomy. And I realized of all the people in the group, because some were followers of Christ, some not yet, and yet I, I was able to love all of them the same, treat them well. And, and by the way, I was so proud of everyone else in the group that just loved mm-hmm. well at the same time. Um, so anyway, all, all that to say... I, I want to keep looking at my life. Is there anything in me that's causing sin in others? You know, at one point Jesus said, you know, be careful that you don't cause any of these little ones to stumble. Mm-hmm. It'd be be- it would be better that a millstone mm-hmm. was hung about your net and you're cast in the sea. I don't actually know what that means, but it sounds bad. Yeah. I mean, literally that sounds bad. So I want to be so careful in the way that I live my life, the, the words that I say, my interactions with people, that I'm not causing someone else to sin. Uh, but also, he, he said, those who do evil. I'm like, I have to look carefully in my life. Is there evil that I'm allowing to lurk mm, in yeah. those secret places <clears throat> mm. that may not be evident to the world, but God and I know about mm. them? You know, I've talked about this before. I think everyone has a public life, a private life, and a secret life. Most people don't want to admit that they have a secret life, but it's mm-hmm. that life that only me and God know about and so I am maybe that's what David was even alluding to and he says search me and if there's any iniquity any darkness in me expose it expose it bring your light to it I want to be I'm trying to think of the right word there I want to live transparently so the light of Christ can shine through me with brilliance because Jesus would say sometimes if the light within you is, is truly darkness Self-deception, it seems. How how great is that darkness? You think you're yeah. in, you think you're on track, but you're not. You're not being honest with yourself. Right. And you've got the finger going, but they're out. They're out. That's a problem. That's not. And no, if, if we left even listeners with even one thing, what you just said, that prayer. Because here's the thing. Had the Pharisees been praying that prayer... Mm. This is in their Psalms. Yes, you're right. If you're genuinely seeking the, with the belief, I'm not talking about you're just kind of pat, you're pat reading of the okay, but you're looking to say, show me if there's any wicked way I mean, in me. Yeah. Show me if I'm missing it because that the, here's the thing: 
it's expressing the belief that that's possible. I think sometimes we don't even believe that's uh, or wicked. Yes. You think about it, a wicked. Wicked, wicked is, is a strong. That's oh, a strong word. I might I might be making a, a little mistake here or there, but you see, I might be misleading someone. But you look at <laughs> James. will talk about to a Christian community, you've become judges with evil thoughts, mm-hmm. but they don't see it. Mm-mm. John, the Apostle John, talks about being self-deceived. The Bible warns repeatedly. James wrote about being self-deceived. You look at it, you, you, you're not seeing it. Isn't there this warning that, that... Roger, if I can if I can more readily see the problems in others and not in myself, that's the biggest problem. Yes. If I can more readily see the problems that other people have and, and either minimize my own or see mine as less than right. or not see them at all, right. that's the bigger problem. Right. And the problem is... I think that we've been conditioned a bit. I'm going to say just kind of our culture in the Christian community. It's an overgeneralization. It's what I experienced. I think we learned to evaluate others more than we ourselves. So, we sort of did. I'm, I'm not saying there was never, ever a call. But 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 the idea was we're in. That, that, that's a given. We're in the kingdom. And we've got most of the big things right. Sure, we did. We need to, but I think we're just way too overconfident in our own assessment of our righteousness. Yeah. Where the psalmist is saying, "I, I'm not overconfident. I, I'm coming to saying, he's even saying, I might have a huge blind spot that wicked. I'm not even seeing. Right? What? So you need to expose if there's any. Here's, the, here's. Shouldn't that be a prayer every single? Day? I mean, literally. I mean, yeah. I, 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 how can I leave this podcast without praying that? Every day, that just this reminder going into a day, I'm wrong on stuff. And here's it: I know that's true. Yeah. And here's what I believe. Coming out of that, I believe what, I believe there's some serious things that yeah. I'm off on. I just, I just don't know what they are yet. Yeah. And I have to have the guidance of the Spirit. Isn't this was just the plea of Jesus to the, again to religious leaders, which he would call. Blind leading the blind, but they don't know they're blind. They can't because right. they're, they're, they're leading not praying. others because they don't know that they're blind. Right. So they're confidently just leading others. You know, you know, we're leading right off this cliff here, and and yep. and follow me off the cliff. It's going to be great. Right. We're and so I just this warning here of God help me examine, help me see my heart, and even even around the question. I think Jesus makes yeah. the. Am I in the kingdom? Am I living out? Is the kingdom in me? Am I? And that's I've never even thought about that. That's a whole another pod. It just is the kingdom in me. Yeah. In other words, when I was I was out uh, blowing off my, I, I have some of my best thoughts when I'm working outside. And this morning it was six. No, it's fifty eight degrees. Beautiful out. And I was just you working outside. This I was morning. working outside this morning, just enjoying the outdoors. But I was thinking about this whole thing of, the you know the the. The kingdom, and and am I in the kingdom? In other words, am I living kingdom ways? Am I thinking kingdom thoughts? Am I praying? I prayed again as I was coming into work this morning. Mm. God, God the Father, Holy Father, your kingdom come, i.e., your will be done in my life, in my family, in my workplace, in my counseling, in my backpacking ministry, in my speaking. Your will be done. That is the kingdom of God coming when God's will is being done. Because Jesus would even say, the people who are my real brothers and sisters, it's not Mary and James and 
those guys out there, you know, he said, these are the ones who are doing the will mm-hmm. of my father because yeah. that's kingdom come. Yeah. So it, it, it provokes me to look, is there any place in my life where I am not willing to pray your, your kingdom come, your will be done? Yeah. Cause I've got a pretty strong will. <laughs> And sometimes, uh, generally, I yes, want to pray my... You, yes, you do. My will be Won't done. But that. the moment I pray that, I'm stepping outside the kingdom. Because the kingdom is God's will right. be done. Right. That's the heartbeat of the kingdom is, your will be done, your kingdom come. So, so I wonder... Yeah, there's so many places we could go with this. But don't settle for a small K kingdom that you're building on your own. That... Yeah, it's just not enough. I, I, the older I get, the more I want. I want God's kingdom to come in my life, in my family, in my world, in my thought processes, in my secret life, yeah. in my private life, in my public life. I want God's will to be done. Search me and know my heart. Um, how did he say it? Show me if there be any wicked way yeah. in me that it rhymes. <laughs> that may be a song. There was a song. See if there be some wicked way in me. Yes. Cleanse me from every sin and set me and free. And set me free. Search me, O oh God. That would and be And know it. my heart today. Try mm-hmm. me, O oh Savior. Know, know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. Glad that we didn't do that well. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the pastor stops singing. <laughs> well, we probably should have practiced that ahead of time. Friends, when we tell you this is unscripted, I'm absolutely serious. We do not talk a second before we go live. Right. We don't have a practice. God, <laughs> a pra- me is it? Uh, yeah, no, no, you take the high and I'll take the low. Okay, yeah, 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 no, no. We're not going to sing anymore today, but... I do want you. Oh, to... I see all of our viewers. We lost everybody now. Yeah, that's that's too bad. <laughs> there, there are no viewers. Are you saying there was viewers a minute ago? And we, we lost them, just like that. I'm just. <laughs> Maybe people don't know that every Wednesday morning, people somewhere around eight fifteen, eight thirty, we go live. Okay, it depends on whether I'm late or Roger's late, or more likely, what technical problems arise. <laughs> right. And if you're not hearing us this morning, that's not the first time it's happened. <laughs> well, I will say, there's we have one that's loaded that's out there that when I went back to listen to it this week, it's on YouTube, it looks really cool. There's no, no sound. sound. <laughs> I'm like, we're, people are, and we're very animated, you know. Someone in the YouTube universe just said, watch this, <laughs> going to remove the sound. <laughs> Roger, Roger, what, it, what would be worse if, what if someone dubbed over stuff? Oh, gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> Godzilla! Oh! Don't start a conspiracy theory. <laughs> okay. But I need to take that one down because there's no sound. And I, I just realized that yesterday when I went back to listen to it. And all I could do is watch it. Is it at least comical? It's very funny to watch it. Do you remember those black and white silent films? Actually, I ought to just put a little piano piece behind it. And you, dun, 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 and you dun, feel dun. sorry for the people... They think people can hear them. No, here's the other thing that's funny. I got to thinking of all the people that are on their computer. They're going, what's wrong with my computer? They're hitting the volume button, plugging the speaker in and out. It must be a problem on our computer because no one would be stupid enough to load a video with no sound. Maybe this is a reminder. Well, people, there are people stupid enough to load video without sound, and you're looking at one. Or at least you're listening Maybe to Maybe this is a reminder of our whole theme. Because we've had it where we're doing it, our pod, and we're oblivious that there's no sound. We, 
We don't know. At one time, we knew that nothing was happening because your computer turned off. (laughs) I mean, that was, in my mind, that was an obvious, that's going to be a real problem. Or we have the little message that comes up on your computer, internet unstable. (laughs) Or or video ended, and I'm like, so it's not good. (laughs) And then you're in that, do we keep talking in case Rogers is working? And one time we did. Yes. So there was a 10-minute video, and there was a 48-minute podcast. Yeah, I'm so tempted to see if we're... Oh, we're still going there. We're still going there. <laughs> but we should sign off. We should sign off. So, hey, I think this is a great start to Season 6. Season 6, yeah. off to a fabulous start. If you would like to support the Pastors in our work, send an email to bruce at brucewmartin.com, and we'll show you how you can do that. Thanks so much for listening. Yes. Watching. Supporting. We'll be back in two weeks. Caring. Loving. Have good times.